Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we hello, are. hello. We're here today for episode six. Ooh. Right? Yeah, it's six. Okay. <laughs> yep, you're right. Awesome. I was gonna say I feel like I feel like time just and everything, numbers all together just have no meaning now with this year, the way it's going. I, I, I can agree with that. What time is it? What day is it? I don't know, but yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I think it was my favorite thing around when we went into lockdown. It's like, oh congratulations, there's only uh three days during the week. It was like uh yesterday, today and tomorrow. And I'm like, Yep, <laughs> that's correct. That is absolutely correct. That's um, about as much as we can process right now. <laughs> also, a uh, real quick random uh, side note. Every time when I do the intro and I hit the applause button, when I look mm-hmm. at the little thing next to us that says it, um, I for a second think it says applesauce and get a little <laughs> excited because I love applesauce. <laughs> but, um, yeah, then I, I realize that it's not, and I get very sad. <laughs> Those funny interpretations. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so everybody, today uh, it's just Stephanie and I. Uh, Casey and oh, Claudia yeah. are out doing the aviation maintenance orientation today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're stuck with us today. <laughs> Wait, oh, oh. Just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, a, a few episodes back, I talked about my college story and kind of my career and trajectory and how it what led me to like the path I went down so Stephanie how about how about you tell us your story this time I think I can do that so I think probably like most people who are looking to get started in college I was pretty undecided I think in high school I took a psychology class and that really stood out to me Um, I personally always felt that I'm kind of more attracted to the classes and learning about something that I think is easy to apply in like a real life scenario. Mm -hmm. So not to say I was diagnosing people. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if you're in a class like that, though, you like (laughs) there's that party that's like, oh, I can definitely do this. And as soon as you learn that you can just anybody can call themselves a clinician, you like, all right, can (laughs) can I really like can I rent out a little space and make this work? Like, I I can be that kind of doctor. I think I'm ready for this. Um, But it also gave me an opportunity because it had a component where you had to do some, like, volunteer work. And I had a chance to volunteer. And I'm forgetting the name. I I don't think it's around at this point. But I got to work hands-on with individuals who had different cognitive disorders at the time. And a couple people just really stood out to me. and, And I enjoyed being there just to kind of essentially like past the time because obviously I didn't have any real experience or real education to, you know, do any counseling. But my role in that, in that volunteer job was to just kind of help keep them company and talk about their day and, um, you know, kind of play games and make them feel comfortable. And, and every aspect of that, I just really enjoyed. And it kind of, kind of made me feel like, how can I help more? You know, I feel like also too, if you're doing that pretty consistently, you're going to start to, um, like understand the individuals too. And mm-hmm. it kind of starts to play into like when you're like going through your different classes that refer to that, you start to pick up like, oh, this is exactly this thing we learned about. And maybe even kind of pick up on how that would actually be like, you start to understand like why certain methods or treatment might be more effective or ways of communication mm-hmm. are more effective that way too. And that kind of just helps you understand like the, intricacies of each person too so you're not just doing like oh i'm gonna just do this for this person like somebody might enjoy doing certain games or activities while others just want you to be there and i think right i feel like that's definitely really important 
Definitely. And, and, and I agree. Cause you know, like I said, when I, when I was kind of thinking of when you're in a class and it can be kind of applied to different things you experience, you know, like, like reading about one particular component and then meeting with somebody and they, they want to share, they just want to talk to someone. It's, mm-hmm. So again, it's not, you know, not my job to give them any sort of diagnosis. They just, they just want someone to talk to. And you start hearing about some of their struggles and some of the things that they've gone through. And, you know, if, I, I remember having people just openly tell me what medications they were on, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, have you heard of this? And I'm like, I, I have not, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I was probably 17 at the time. So I, I wasn't really familiar with, with all the aspects of it, but you know, just, um, I don't know. I just felt really comfortable in that environment. And that's what really had kind of piqued my interest in wanting to learn more about that particular field at the yeah. time. And, um, I can't remember how it got brought up to me, but I do remember in, I think it was the end of my junior year, the concept of dual credit classes. Mm-hmm. And prior to that point, I had no idea that that was even a thing. And so in my senior year, I was fortunate enough to take So these dual credit classes would be ones where you can take a college class, but it's still in your high school. And then you're earning college level credit while you're in high school. Um, I will say I thought I was going to be like way further ahead than I was. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh, look at all these fools thinking they need to just get their focus on their diploma first. I'm going to be like three years ahead. I'm going to get my master's. I'm just going to walk in and they will hand me my college degree. Yep. Just a high five and I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) And so one thing I I wish I would have had a better understanding for was like what credit hour meant and the breakdown of that in relation to like the high school class I was in Mm -hmm. because I went to Harlem and they had block scheduling. And with the block scheduling, it ended up making it so like we only had four classes so i thought okay like four classes is always a semester which could be about the same if you're in college but i mean for the most part you usually want to take a few more so i think in the long run i took only maybe three to four dual credit classes so then when i graduated from harlem and went to rock valley i really had this idea like I'm going to be like two semesters ahead. And they're like, no, no, no. You're like barely one, (laughs) barely one semester ahead. And I was like, oh, so when you were doing those dual credit classes, how did that kind of fit into your like schedule with your high school classes? Was it like, oh, yeah, I was taking one high school class and the next period would be, or I, or I guess maybe block scheduling does it differently. I'm not. Yeah. So with the with the way in which they had that set up at the time, because I'm not sure if they do things a little bit different, um, Harlem right now but but I know it was kind of like I would come into school I would take that one class and it was in same type of room same type of setting so I could go to English 101 which was through Rock Valley and then after the fact I could go to my next class that I had that was actually still high school requirement Um, and and so from from like the outside looking in to me it didn't look any different I was just kind of like yeah this is the same schedule same coursework that I'm kind of doing and and because of where I was at within my academics in high school, it felt like it was a pretty smooth transition, which which definitely was nice in that it gave me the confidence to take college-level classes. Um, but looking back, I, I think to myself all the time how grateful I am that I did go to Rock Valley first. Mm-hmm, <laughs> definitely. There's no way I could have went straight from high school out to Loyola and been successful without that Rock Valley component in between. Oh, I, re- I realize um, in hindsight now, like I definitely should have stayed at like KCC 
for uh, for longer. I, mm-hmm. I I think there was more classes because I that that's what happened. Like once I got to Western, was I just like, oh, I'm not even taking. I'm still doing Gen Eds, and now in Heist, I'm like, I should. Well, I could have done those still. Like, <laughs> just exactly. A little fool, a little country town fool. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Thrown into the world. <laughs> <laughs> we we could be pretty country around here too though for sure, <laughs> but, for sure. but you know I, I think I think that's kind of the mentality that I had also because from my perspective you know it's it's exciting to be able to get out and you're like oh I'm going to go to my you know four-year college and and this is going to be it and so that's the direction you want to go into mm-hmm. and I, I do wish that I would have spent more time at Rock Valley because I, I ended up doing just one year and then transferred out um, to Loyola specifically. And I, I, I always, you know, any student that I talk with, I always say to make sure you do your due diligence. So even from the beginning, kind of review what programs you're interested in, how this path may work for you. Because, you know, like I, I made one little mistake by not reaching out to an academic advisor or an enrollment coordinator to try to figure out what's going to be the best class. And I had this mentality of, you know, I'll just figure out what I need to do and go from there. Um, And, and I, I'm sure like many of our students, I was a first generation college graduate. So I was very fortunate in that I had the support from my parents entirely. But when I was like, what do I take? What do I do? Where do I go? It was very much like, figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, did you, did you find yourself utilizing um, coordinators or advisors very often or like just once in a while or like, you know, every semester? It sounds kind of more like you just kind of, yeah, figured it out. Yeah, I mean, and if if I look back on it, I definitely should have sat down with somebody immediately. But I, I think... I think, again, with, like, having the dual credit classes, maybe I just had an interpretation of, you know, oh, I've already got a running start to this, and I know what I'm doing. You know, like, I've taken college classes. I didn't need any help. Um, But, you know, it it definitely would have worked out a lot better for me in the long run because I did end up having to retake a class when I got to Rock or sorry, when I got to Loyola because I didn't double-check ahead of time. Gotcha. And um, I think the only time I sat down with, uh, an advisor was then they were reviewing my schedule and they were trying to like tell me of that. They're like, well, you took such and such uh, class. Well, we can't necessarily say that it's going to transfer as, as the way in which you want it to transfer. So it was a biology class and the way in which Loyola does their biology classes is it's a, it's a two semester sequence. And I had taken a biology that was one semester. So she was trying to explain to me like, this is not how they would do it. And I remember in that moment, I just felt like more frustrated than anything because I didn't know, but I didn't yeah. know who to ask, you know, definitely. Um, so and, and in the I long run, in, like, oh, in hindsight, would it, would you have had to like, if you had taken like a second bio class with Rock Valley, then it would have transferred fine, it seems like, or, um, or was there just kind of no way to really get out of that where you're just going to have to take the biology, whether you took one here or not? So I think I think if I had things laid out a little bit differently, there was a, a different sequence that I could have done specifically at okay. Rock Valley, and um, and then been able to transfer over. But I'm I'm still not a hundred percent sure mm-hmm. because you know w- once I pretty much got there, I talked with one of the advisors um, at Loyola and just kind of went from there. So I will say that the mistake that I had made at Rock Valley by not speaking with anybody, I definitely didn't want to make that mistake again. Definitely. <laughs> so, 
uh, when I got to Loyola, I was seeing somebody every semester and made sure I had everything laid out. And these are the classes I want to take. And how does this fit? Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. But, that, <laughs> but it's, you know, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that, like, that's, I mean, that's that's kind of what, like a step I'd say we, we like to push here. I mean, like you say, you always, like, tell your students to, like, do their due diligence. Like, mm-hmm. even if... Like I, I like have, when I have students that come to me, even though I've like helped them before, and they're like, "Hey, I got registered. I registered myself, but can you at least take a look at this? Make sure everything mm-hmm. looks right." And I, I like I, I appreciate that because it's it's better to just like take that take that moment. I mean, it's so easy for us to look up your accounts and look up your, what classes you're in and what you've been taking and know what we've talked about already for us to say like, "Hey." maybe you should actually look at this or you're actually like just catching something like, Oh, you're already taking this class. Um, you're taking like a class that you don't need to. It's going to fill up one of your electives that you could use for something closer to your major. So just mm-hmm. never be afraid to like do those sorts of check-ins with us. Cause it's, it's so easy. It's so easy and so quick. And we, oh, yeah. like we love making sure that, you know, you're on track too. And like, I mean, like you said too, you went through the situation where you're like, you, didn't talk to anybody and then it just helps mm-hmm. so much more actually talking with people. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's a really good point. Cause I've, I've had plenty of students that have mentioned that where they're like, I think I signed up or I think I have the classes I need. And, you know, I agree. It takes me all of two minutes to double check and see what classes that you have, line them up with whichever program that you're going to be moving forward with to make sure. Um, and I tell all the students I work with, worst case scenario, if I don't have the answer, I know someone who will. Exactly. <laughs> so. I, 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 there's been quite a few times I have my like late semester students or like late mm-hmm. into their programs now. And they're like, hey, um, I think this is everything I need. And I'm like, I think so too, but <laughs> I want you to go talk to Tim. I, I always, yep. We always, always send them to Tim. <laughs> like, exactly. like, talk to Tim Spielman. He will double check and triple check everything and let you know if there is any issues that this is going to like either not be needed for when you transfer. Cause that, that too, like he, not only does he know like the classes here, he knows like what's going to be best for transferring to. So, yes, which well, for so many of our programs is so important. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, Tim is our manager of academic and transfer advising, yes. AKA knows all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> T- Tim is like, it just, like it, it at this point, it's it's not even a thought of like, oh yeah, I could ask Tim that because he's like he is all knowing. If there was like mm-hmm. a sage like, uh, top of the mountain, like monk that you could go to <laughs> and find the answers to life, it's probably Tim, I and agree. he's also going <laughs> to give sure. like the best dry humor jokes too. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's for sure, perfect package. <laughs> <laughs> who we all strive to be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. But, um, but yeah, I, I was just thinking back to, I wish, I wish I had an advisor like Tim at Loyola, but I, I remember my, my advisor was pretty nice and it stayed consistently stayed the same person uh, throughout the whole process where I remember her consistently reminding me to get my math credit completed and mm-hmm. I kept pushing it off and pushing it off. And, <laughs> and so, <laughs> That was always one thing I, I uh, recommend to people is to not try to wait until taking your math class last because then you're in that pressure where it's like, well, if you don't do it this semester, then you're going to walk across the stage but come back for summer school. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So it's, that's why nowadays I, I always recommend, um, like right now with 
people not being able to take the acuplacer, but you can do the sample one through the website. I always, always recommend people to start practicing the math acuplacer just so you can get that familiarity and can kind of review your score and see what you might be comfortable with. So you can at least start to get an idea as to where you may fall for math. And especially if you need to do like an earlier sequence of math, we want to get that started sooner than later. So it's not not that math course that's inevitably going to hold you up. Definitely. And I, and I, I like telling my students too, like how when it comes to math, like it is so it can vary so much depending on your major and not even your ma- so much your major, but also where you want to transfer to. Like we've got transfer degrees on the website that'll lay out all the suggested classes for transferring to certain um, colleges nearby and also like for certain fields. Well, you could look at maybe like a psychology or, or you could look at business for, as an example, business for Rockford University and then business for NIU. And they have mostly the same classes but then the math is so different like yeah um niu wants you to do business calculus if i remember correctly and rockford Mm. university is like just do elements of statistics and you're fine and that Mm -hmm. like the different level of those math classes really like is an impact so it's it's good to like start getting an idea of like what you want to do and where you want to go to to really make sure you take the right class because yeah it can vary so much just with math it's i feel like that's always just the biggest hiccup in anybody's college career right yeah and yeah it tends to be that one i mean for me i remember i was very science focused um with a lot of the classes that i ended up taking so that's why i had to have more of a math component and and i genuinely thought i wasn't good at math like through elementary into middle school and, and, and beyond. And, and I, once I got to college and I had a chance to kind of like really focus on it mm-hmm. and take my time, I realized it wasn't that I wasn't good at it. It's just that I wasn't given the opportunity to like be in the environment for me to thrive within that math class. Gotcha. So oddly enough, like once I was in there, I was really good at it. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I like it because I'm for, for, so the way in which my brain works is I like to have set answers. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. not, I'm not the creative brain. <laughs> so, so like, especially that's why I liked science so much. It's like, okay, well, if you have this and this, and then this happens, I got it. Yep. <laughs> it or sense. you can do this that you like, you're not sure what's going to happen, but if I do this and this, I will now learn what happens. I can <laughs> right. do this and this again. And if it comes up with a different result, that's also interesting. But at least I know for sure it's it's going to most likely do one thing. Which is like flashbacks to chemistry lab at Loyola where you had to take the test tubes and you did the centrifuge where it spins it around really fast. And you're like, what color is it? And you look around and you're like, you guys, did you get purple? Did everybody get purple? Okay, cool. Purple's the right one. And everyone's like, we're not even mixing things. You're like, uh-oh. I, That's right. My chemistry class in high school, like – me and my friend Shantae, we were like both um like I, I was ended up being like valedictorian of our class and I think she was number four. So like mm-hmm. not not tooting our own horns, but it's like okay, boom, like we get it, we're good in in school. And when it came to that class, like we would team up for doing the labs sessions of it. 
If you give us the homework and the test, oh, we will ace that. We will do so fine. When you give us the experiment portion, we had we did not have a single experiment we did that actually came out with the right results. <laughs> we were awful in that department. It was it, it just became our joke. We're like, oh, all right, here we go. Let's try it again and let's see like every time without fail that That's those it was it was ridiculous and we we're always like like we were so sure we're like we understood everything i was like okay okay we do the calculations we're like it's this yeah. and everybody else is like completely different and correct answers <laughs> oh and you know and you make up a or you bring up a really good point where there's such a difference between memorization and application yes and i at least from my own personal experience the biggest difference for me was in high school, it's very much about memorization. Mm -hmm. Here's what you're going to take. Here's what you're going to know. That's it. And, you know, once you end up getting to college, you, it sounds corny to say think outside the box, but I remember I would describe my classes at Loyola as they give you a topic and then they explain that topic and then they expand on that topic. And then they actually dive down even a little bit deeper into why that topic may be a topic. And it's like, so it's not just this surface level layer of thinking. When you get to college, you have to really start pulling everything away. And that's mm -hmm. what kind of helps like open, make you, I think, more open-minded to take into consideration, you know, different concepts and different theories and how are you going to apply them accordingly. So it's not always just about, hey, I have to memorize the right answers for this, you know, four-page oh. test that I'm going to be taking tomorrow. Definitely. I think a good... And like just comparisons coming to my mind is high school is you're like, all right, multiple choice, but then you get to college and everything is short answer and then long <laughs> answer and essays. And you're like, uh Oh, <laughs> now, of course so, it's not all, not all tests are going to be like that, but just as, right. yeah, just to go in on that, that you definitely do have to start really like doing your critical thinking and, and taking this, and how to apply it to real life situations and yep. really just yep. break down that bubble that you got comfortable in, like, and rebuild it even bigger now just to like, see like, Oh, guess what? There's a whole, a whole new world. And you just go into an Aladdin sing along right there. <laughs> Aladdin sing along. <laughs> well, and not only the short answer part, what really threw me for a loop in college was the best answer. Oh. is that <laughs> you will have a question where technically all four answers could be kind of right, but which one is the most right? Which... And so you're sitting there like, oh, no. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is perfect. I can't be wrong. Well, you can be more wrong than someone else. <laughs> like, it, I... it was, that was a stressor for me because I, 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 think, I think that was a lot in, I feel like it was like an organic chemistry class or some sort of like biochem that I had where you had to break down certain components and it's like technically it could end up like this, but mm -hmm. like what are we looking for when we describe it in this fashion? Oh. Um, and so that's that's where it would kind of like, I feel like I would get held up a little bit. <laughs> I think what would always get me sometimes is like, when, if it was a math problem, I'm like, okay, let me look at the, look, if it was multiple choice and like, okay, here's the answers we have. And what I got and I'm like, you find yourself where your answer is like in the middle between two of the answers. Like mm -hmm. if you'd add, if you'd done a few more, you're like, Oh, it could be like 120, but it's also like pretty close to 88. <laughs> and you're like, Ooh. 
eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, definitely. But I mean, you know, I, I think of like all the different classes and the coursework that I took. I, For me, I still ended up focusing specifically. Um, I actually ended up taking a bit of a turn because what I wanted to focus on more than anything was neuroscience. Mm-hmm. And Loyola had offered a minor in neuroscience. And it fit fairly well to do a major in psychology with a minor in neuroscience um, because there's like a neuropsychology class that I could take. And I just remember, you know, once I was getting into those classes that I had worked so hard for, they were definitely difficult. Um, I, I very distinctly remember, gosh, I can't, it was a, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was a very long, like neuro something, something name of the class. Yeah. And, and a part of what we were doing was we had to study, we had to study the reaction of action potentials um, through people's ability to hear, but they were taking different animals. So you'd have to study it on the screen in a way that it was kind of replicating how these neurons would be firing. And you'd have to calculate like, like down to precision as to how fast they'd be able to fire. And which sounds super boring, but when you're doing it and you're kind of a nerd, you're like, "Ooh, this is really cool." No, that does. That, that's that like I'm like, listen, to that I'm like, "Oh, that that isn't." Because then I'm like, imagine like, "Oh, you could," I guess, yeah, you would like have reactions right. to things where your neurons are going to fire faster, and then you're going to start like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just your your mind thinking quicker. <laughs> My neurons clearly are not firing faster. It's, it's towards the end of the day. It's okay. yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, and I, I remember doing that. And the instructor that I had in the class, you weren't supposed to know, but he was like, he was part of this committee that ends up reviewing like peer related research articles. And mm-hmm. he helps make the decision as to whether your research topic is actually going to get published. Oh, and so like it was kind of one of those like hush hush like he'll never admit it to you. Yeah. And he was for sure the hardest grader I've ever had. Oh. So <laughs> hands down, I remember already feeling a little bit nervous. And then like I think the first paper I turned in, I got a C plus, and I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> like, well, I'm giving up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But he was very kind, and you could go into his office hours and kind of like, I remember running through what components I may have missed and like what calculations need to be readjusted. And it ended up being like a really great connection that I had made at the time because he was willing to write me a letter of recommendation. Um, like if I had decided to go on for my master's, he yeah. was saying that he was more than happy to write a letter of recommendation, which from him would be a huge this thing. Massive. So, exactly. And, and that's just, it is, you know, the, we don't really think about it. At, at that point I had finally gotten more familiar and comfortable with asking for help and asking questions. Um, and by doing that, I made, you know, that type of faculty connection. I had an instructor who was in the psychology department that was willing to write me a letter of recommendation. Um, so, you know, just over time and kind of getting to know these instructors is, is always just going to, in in the long run, be beneficial for you. Absolutely. So I think, you know, it's, it's always good to be able to feel more comfortable with speaking up in those aspects. Well, also, too, just to have, like, I mean, when you look at instructors here with RVC, like how we we say all the time, like, oh, our instructors have like master's or doctorate's degrees in the field they're Mm -hmm. teaching. Like that means they have been in this field for so long. So having an instructor like that that's in your corner and can vouch for you is Mm -hmm. especially when like when it comes to like the workforce now, like, you know, before it was like, hey, get your degree and you'll get a job. But it's 
it takes so much more than that now because you could like look fantastic on paper or have all the right things, but you you really need somebody to if somebody can actually vouch for your character like that mm-hmm. that's a whole second part of the application that you know isn't always so obvious so if you can you're making connections with instructors like that and especially like you said getting a letter of recommendation for a master's program like that's huge right and for exactly. somebody who gets pub get makes things get published is massive like the amount of connections they have Mm-hmm. And and that's where I was like, yes, I got it down. Exactly. <laughs> like, I've but, succeeded. Exactly, exactly. But I will say, so I did well in that department. What I didn't do well was actually being more active in the networking component mm-hmm. and volunteering or doing internships. Yeah. And so, like, when I was in high school, I did some volunteering. And I think when I was at Rock Valley, I believe there was – I believe – I still was volunteering through the same place. And then when I had gone out to Loyola, I was so focused on class because that transition, it was such a huge transition for me in terms of the amount of study time required. And that's kind of why I say like, I needed to have, I needed to have that stepping stool of Rock Valley because in high school, I barely needed to study. And then at Rock Valley, I was like, I need to develop study skills. And then I got to Loyola and realized, I really need to build those study skills. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was it was definitely an essential feature. But you know, for me, I ended up coming back to Rockford to work on the weekends. Um, so I spent Monday through Friday in the city taking my classes and doing homework, and then Saturday and Sunday I would be back here, you know, working doubles. And I think that really inevitably took away from my opportunity to network and to internship because when I was working. So that, you know, I had like extra money for food because after your first year, you're not on the meal plan. Because, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you realize I do need to eat. I might, I might need to eat. So, I'm so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and so I would, I would definitely work. And then instead, like one of my really close friends, she had made an excellent connection through her internship. And from that internship, that was her first job. And she was there for years and she got a promotion. And then she went back and got her master's through, you know, the support of that particular position. So I, I think more important than anything is like on one aspect, at least I had support from faculty members, but I just did not have the connections that I think you need from independently networking through different companies, businesses, internships. And I mean, I know the whole idea of working for free never sounds great, but if you have an opportunity to do it, think of it as like you get the chance to kind of test everything out before Mm -hmm. you're locked in for a paycheck. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And and also it's, yeah, it's, it's a situation where you need to like, you need to be willing to invest, like in school, I learned a lot. I was like, you need to be able to invest in yourself. Otherwise, who else is going to invest in you? And so, you know, taking that, biting the bullet, swallowing your pride and doing something for free, you know, for that internship experience, like definitely does a lot. Like I, 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 I was in the same boat. Like I did not do as much interning or networking as I should have. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, eh, just again, like it was just, I wasn't like, I understood it. And then part of me was just being lazy, but also just like, (laughs) Um, you know, not fully grasping the the importance of doing that um, overall and like right. how the impact it can have later on. Well, 
and I don't know if this is right or wrong to say, but I was so fixated on keeping a high GPA mm-hmm. to then, you know, come to the realization after graduation, if you are looking to get a bachelor's and go into the workforce, I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever had an employer check my GPA. I, <laughs> I uh, like when I was doing, um, when I was doing background checks and like employment and education verifications for a job, um, we would just, I don't think we, we rarely, rarely looked at like, uh, had people to take GPA or like grades into consideration. It was just, did they graduate when they said they graduated? Was the time frame the time frame they said, all right, good enough. Right. You know, it's exactly, you got the paper. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, I think it's, it is fair to say that because there's, I think a lot of times people just assume that, okay, good grades mean this, but it, like we're saying, you know, it's about so much more than that. Like you need to be able to network and show, show who you are on like more than just with a paper or just a number and distinguish yourself. So I think it's absolutely important to, you know, say that, like you can focus on your GPA. You can be very focused. We don't, it's not like, Hey, just go out there and slack, you know, do the bare minimum, <laughs> but you know, really push yourself, challenge yourself, like do, do good because you know, having those better grade stuff does still open opportunities. If you have those same yeah. opportunities because you did really good with your GPA and you networked, you, you've yeah. done it. Like you've got, you know, the best combination you could probably do. Right. And, and I think you, definitely hit the nail on the head that it's, it's a combination of the two. And, mm-hmm. and I say that more to just not be so stressed. Like, like I, I feel like some people will get like a C in a class and think that it's all over and, you know, like, Oh, I didn't do well. Or even if they didn't pass a class or something yeah. to that effect. And that's, that's not the end all be all. I mean, I, I can promise you there are doctors and nurses out there that had struggled in classes. Some didn't pass the class. Some had to retake a class. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I it just, just all had a student like, text me in like you so so upset because they're like I, I know it's past the withdrawal date but you know my my grade is so bad right now like I can't I this will set my GPA back so much and I'm like no like it's mm-hmm. it's fine like I said it was like you know it's past you know you can re retake it's like but it's it's most of my classes I'm in and like am I even going to be able to succeed and right. that question I was like I never thought about that people would think like, oh, this is it, like one and done and mm-hmm. reassuring them that no, like you absolutely can come back from this. Are you going to have to like the statement I was saying was like, are you going to have to work harder? Yes, you're going to have mm-hmm. to work again, but you can redo that. You know what to expect when you, if those classes, if you do have to retake it, like failing is not the end. Like it's, it's the beginning of doing something better. Like, right. Absolutely. And I mean, I think, and you know, a lot of, a lot of us feel like that whole concept of failing is the end all be all. But unfortunately, sometimes that's the best way to learn. Yes. And, and now you're going to be coming back. If you, if you didn't pass the class, you should be able to know why was it not enough time commitment? Was something pulling you away? You know, um, was it because you simply just weren't understanding the materials and you need to take a step back and take a class prior to that, you know? And, and I think that again is where it becomes really helpful to talk it out with, you know, whether it be like an advisor or if you're not, I feel like some people, if they're in that particular circumstance and they're not necessarily feeling comfortable talking to an advisor, I think, you know, hopefully there'd be like a friend that you can kind of lean on and be like, Hey, 
what does the circumstance mean? But it's it's definitely never an end all be all. And and I think really in terms of the grades factor, looking back on it, I think the most important component of having a high GPA is when you want to continue, because. Yeah. If you want to get your master's and you want to get your PhD, that's really what they're going to be. They are going to be paying attention to what was your GPA overall. Yeah. And when you have to apply for like a a program, even if it's like just doing prerequisites to get into the bachelor program because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, they're more selective or even doing scholarships too um, Mm -hmm. is a big Mm -hmm. part. But yeah, if there's there's one thing I wish I like understood sooner and I, I still still have trouble like accepting it is that you can fail and still be successful and like yep. do it. And it's, it's, it's still like hard for me, like to deal with that today, even now, but like, um, I, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it'll be something that happens overnight. And I, no. yeah, I don't think any of us enjoy being like, I didn't do well at this. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's something where, you know, just give yourself, a little bit of patience, take off some of that pressure. Um, Cause I know for me, I was always very, very hard on myself in school. And, and again, that was another reason why I didn't take advantage of other opportunities. And mm-hmm. I mean, going to school in Chicago, you know, there could have been plenty of other places I could have been spending my time and interning at. I could have had great connections out there. Um, but for, for me, um, I think the, the biggest message that I try to get across is for students to really kind of take into consideration the finances and how that's going to work through their whole college career. Because I started at Rock Valley thinking that, you know, this is going to be the most cost-effective option. This Mm -hmm. is going to be good for me to get my gen eds done here. Um, And then I got, you know, excited to go off to Loyola and I left after a year, not really thinking about how expensive that school was. And You know, in the long run, I think I was probably there for about a year and a half before it really kind of hit me as to like, you know, the overall overwhelming amount that was going to be spent, which some of which were general education classes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and then when time came down to graduation and I didn't have those particular, you know, network connections, I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go in. I just kind of ended up going into the workforce and started to, I would say more so experiment with different jobs to see where I may find the best fit. Because I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have that, yes, this is the direction I'm going to go into. But I did have student debt that said, when are you going to pay (laughs) back? (laughs) Definitely. So, that's what had led me into the workforce right away. And, and ultimately, um, my reason why I didn't continue to get a master's, which I feel like it sounds way sadder than what it is. <laughs> so like, I feel like people are like, oh, that's so depressing. Like, it's quite all right. I'm very much past it at this point because really the big reason I didn't continue is I didn't know what I wanted to get my master's in. Mm-hmm. I had too many different areas I was interested in. I was trying to figure out which one would be you know, a more cost-effective master's option, but also lead to more money. And everything I really was interested in doing wasn't going to lead to a ton of money. (laughs) And so I was like, well, I think I'm just going to have to take a step back for now. But I promise you, if in that moment, I knew exactly what I was going to do. There's no way that any sort of like student loan debt would have stopped me. I definitely would have pursued it further. But I just wasn't willing to be like, all right, I'm just going to take out a couple more loans and keep going for a maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I like getting my bachelor's. I was like, that's it. I'm done. 
I'm never, I'm never <laughs> doing more. I don't need to do more. And then, mm-hmm. um, now, now I work here and I was like, Oh, you know what? Like a master's actually sounds like way less scary now because I took that time away. Um, yeah. and I've, I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself to it. I am going to try to earn a master's degree. Um, I, I made, I finally figured out what I'd like to go for like this week. So, um, Oh, that's exciting. What yeah, are you thinking? I'm, I'm thinking a master's in counseling. <gasps> oh so, yeah. Yeah. So kind of, um, you know, doing something to not pigeonhole me into one area that has kind of, you know, applicable areas. It still can be used in higher ed and I think plays to strengths that I think I would enjoy. So, um, yeah, I had a, I met with Amanda Keeper and she helped, uh, helped coach me up to that and come up with a good, good idea. So, uh, we're going to have her on next week. No, not, not next week. The following, because next week, following week. yeah, following. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's going to be on here to talk to everybody. So, um, I like it. I, I think yeah. you would be an excellent counselor. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mm-hmm. even even if I don't go into specifically doing counseling, but just having that to be able to and use it, like apply that even further in like a job like this and oh, that yeah. sort of advising aspect. So. Yeah, I'm. Oh, uh, definitely. I am scared, but excited, <laughs> and I'm just gonna do it part time. I'm gonna. I Amanda helped tell me too that hey, you don't have to do that full time. She's like, I did one class a semester, and I'm like, you know what? Cool, I can work with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's that's one of the nice things about so many different masters options now, and and not even masters, but you know, like with what a we lot have. Of things, yeah. Yeah, like you can definitely do. I have lots of students that'll start with one to two classes, get yourself familiar with the process Mm -hmm. and then keep going from there. You're, you're not going to be stuck in this, you know, like one option of, Hey, you're going to have to do seven classes every single semester. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like when I, when it comes to our transfer degrees, um, you know, I tell students, I'm like, yeah, I know that's called a two year degree, but I, it's a, and I'll do like air quotes. I'm like, it's a two year degree because you take two years, take 20 years you Mm. those credits Mm -hmm. don't expire life happens opportunities happen there might be an opportunity like you could be going for classes and then a fantastic job opportunity comes up and you know what it's really important to you to get that experience right now and go for that and continue your education later do it Mm -hmm. go for it Mm -hmm. like you know there is no right answer that'll cover all the bases for everybody like Mm -hmm. you got to take your opportunity and know that Hey, RVC is here. Those credits are here. Even if it's not with us, college is still going to be there. Um, right. Don't feel like you are just like, oh, I can't can't do it now. It's it's way too late. No, 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 no. Every non-traditional <laughs> person I hear that tries telling me like I'm too old for college, not no, Mm-mm. I won't accept it. No, no. I'm pretty sure I saw recently a story about a lady where I think at like 43 or 44. She was like, you know what? I think I want to be a vet. She's like, but I'm so, she's like, I feel like I'm too old to do this. And I think it was going to take her till she was like 50 to be done with the program. And yeah. the person she was talking to, they were like, so if you start the program now or you don't start it at all, you're yes. going to be 50 in a few years. Yeah, that's. <laughs> that, I was, like, <laughs> was going to say the exact same thing a little bit ago too. It's like, yeah, whatever time frame it takes, you're going to be that age. 
You can either right. have something or be on the road to something or just be that age. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, that I think that that does the best put in, in putting it into perspective. Too. It's like, oh, that's right. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, it's yep. like even as the time, like, you know, obviously we can't slow it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though sometimes I think time feels pretty slow for some of us as we are well, like, hanging uh, out at home. <laughs> yeah. It will even think it like. When Amanda said, she's like, I did, you know, one class a semester for five years. I was like, five years? I'm thinking to myself, that sounds so long. I was like, I'll be 35. That's nothing. I'm a baby still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I, it's just take those opportunities when you can and know that there's there's not a right answer. And yeah. as long as you're doing your best and taking your route that works for you, that's what matters. Exactly. I agree with that 100%. And yeah, it's in, in kind of like focusing on what you really want, focusing on what makes sense for you. And then I'll always, always come back to be like, also just check the finances. Yeah. Well, what <laughs> I liked with your story check. too, Stephanie, was that like every step of the way you were learning something new. You were, mm-hmm. whether it be not just college, but like you were learning, okay, I need to do this to be more successful here. And you were growing throughout that like it's really easy for teenagers I me mean, when I was a teenager like 18 fresh out of high school and thinking yep I've got myself figured out and right. easy for <laughs> anyone in their 20s 30s any age to think I've got I know myself and then it's okay to come into a college setting and realize oh I have to change to better acclimate to this environment and succeed and that's that's perfectly all right that's that's awesome yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the big things with college is helping to, you know, give you that ability to kind of work quickly in in changing your mind and changing the process, Definitely. um, to make sure that it's going to work best for you. Because, because yeah, I I think in the long run, I mean, I, I still looking back, I I don't know what I would have done differently in terms of what I would study. I loved those classes. Mm-hmm. I always felt so accomplished. I, I mean, I liked being at that school um I definitely felt like there was more um maybe would have been like more opportunities for what they call like a college quote-unquote like college environment at different schools yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's part of the reason I picked Loyola is I knew it was going to be hard I knew it was going to be challenging and even though it was in the city it was still located in a way where it felt like you're kind of like going to school and that was pretty much it um in a sense of like, for for me, from my perspective, I lived off campus pretty quickly, but I was only a few blocks away. So, you know, a lot of my time was just spent going from apartment to campus, apartment to campus. And that was that was pretty much it. And then if I did have a chance to stay in town, I would try to venture like downtown and see some sites. So it was always cool to have that opportunity so close by. But um, I remember I didn't actually see a lot of the city because I was just so focused on all of my classes and what needs to be done um, until I had met my now husband. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) when we had met in my senior year, um, he was born and raised Chicago and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You haven't seen the bean? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, come on, we're going we're gonna to go downtown for a minute. And I was like, well, I'm supposed to. He's like, no, 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 no. You just come explore downtown for a minute. <laughs> he's like, how can you have lived in this city for so many years and you don't know anything about it? And I was like, ah, I, just, I, I know all sorts of stuff about the brain. 
<laughs> There's so much more. I I, I totally understand. I mean, I lived in lived in the suburbs in in Schaumburg and went to the city plenty of times, but I don't feel like I got to know that or got I I you know what I got to learn? I knew roads, I knew mm-hmm. ways to get to certain places, but not like as much that was there to really take advantage of still. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, and I think I really learned my way around the city because after graduation, I ended up just falling into real estate by happenstance, which was just totally supposed to be like a part-time gig as a leasing agent. Um, But my boss that I had was hilarious, and we ended up sharing the same birthday. Mm -hmm. And I just really liked working with him. And so I remember like keeping that job and kind of going back and forth, but inevitably um, kind of reevaluating like, all right, if I want to do something that's going to like help people and have an opportunity to make a difference, but you know, not going to be putting me in an environment. Cause at the time, you know, I was like, well, I don't have a master's. So where can I go? That'll be bachelor's helping others. And I kind of started to reflect on my own personal experience as a student and how I didn't really talk to anybody or didn't get any help. And that's what led me to my first enrollment job that I had out in the city, um, which, you know, gave me a chance to just really talk with students all day long and focus on, like, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What's your career in mind? What's going to make the most sense? And and that's what kind of had gotten me you know, more so hooked in working in this type of environment, you know, continuously working in education so that I jokingly say to help students not make the same mistakes that I did. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I really liked working, you know, in the real estate environment and did that for so many years. But, um, you know, I just, that's kind of more of like a consistent come and go. Um, you have your clients and, and here and there, but, but yeah, in order to kind of have something, cause you know, I think I had said initially, I always wanted to have a role that I help others. And that's yeah. where, you know, working in a field like this makes me feel like I actually have an opportunity to, to help make a difference and help people get a better understanding. So again, like don't end up like me, <laughs> or no, not, <laughs> not end up like me, but just, um, so you don't have to be as confused as I was, you know, oh, I, um, it doesn't I have was, to be as difficult. I was right there with you. Cause I, <laughs> in, until this job, I was like the jobs I had beforehand. I'm like the idea of people being like, Oh, I want a career. And I'm like, I, I don't know what I want to do anymore. I'm like, I mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. Felt kind of in a weird limbo. And then, yeah, getting to help people and students, like, it's so fulfilling. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, Stephanie, you, I think you really embody everything that you picked up from that. And it's, uh, it's turned you into a, a wonderful coordinator of new student enrollment. And that's why we're so happy to have you on our team. Oh, well, thank you, Joe. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Perfect. Can't go anywhere. So you're stuck. Um, <laughs> but with I, that, I will take it. I think we uh, we should wrap it up. We've got, of course, the most important part of the podcast, the question of the week. Of the week. <laughs> so, Stephanie, when it comes to the holidays, be it mm-hmm. Christmas, Thanksgiving, anything, anything you celebrate, what is your go-to meal? Favorite holiday meal of all time. Favorite holiday meal. Gosh, I honestly, I feel like it's just a turkey sandwich. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So like, okay, when you think of having 
Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and and you do all the big, you know, accoutrement um, <laughs> overall. And then that, that next day where it's like literally the most basic of basic sandwiches where it's like a little bit of Miracle Whip turkey and bread. It's like the most <laughs> basic sandwich. Maybe a piece of cheese if you're feeling real fancy. Not even. <laughs> not. It's, it's just I don't know what it is. Like, I get excited about Thanksgiving. Christmas, I think for for our family, Christmas meals are always kind of switching up. So there's never, like, one consistent yeah. thing, yeah. you know? Um, but for Thanksgiving, it's always pretty consistent. And, and I do enjoy pretty much everything. But, like, even sometimes that night, like, after Thanksgiving dinner is done, it'll be 10 o'clock. And I'm like, I think I'm going to have a turkey sandwich now. Like, that's yeah. for some reason. Well, I'm <laughs> thinking about ones. it. And you're, you're absolutely right. Because it's like, if you get, if you get, like lunch meat turkey that is a completely different type of turkey nope. you need yep, like that off the bird white chicken breast meat or chicken turkey breast meat <laughs> slapped on if you can get like a brioche bun or a hawaiian roll like bun oh, oh mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. we're now we're getting fancy with this <laughs> I yeah I'd, I'd have to say as funny as it is that that's probably what i'd go for but uh what about you what do you think oh, your favorite my my favorite, my favorite is just some good, good mashed potatoes just smothered in butter and salt. Like, no, no gravy. I'm, no not, gravy. I'm not a gravy guy uh, unless it's biscuits and gravy, which, yeah, mm. find the logic there. But it, with mashed potatoes, oh, I just need them to be buttery and salty. And on the side of it, some stuffing from a box doesn't have to be fancy it can come from it can be it can come from that that red box or it can be homemade whatever but that and what goes on that stuffing ketchup i'm a it's the weirdest thing but but ketchup it helps it go down it gives it just a little bit of flavor for me it's it, it's probably because I have no sense of smell. It's, I'm going to say it's absolutely because I have no sense of smell that I'm just like, yeah, let me just slap ketchup on this thing. One time I tried it, I'm like, huh, it goes down pretty good. Like my family, as soon as it, it when it gets to Thanksgiving, we're actually spending Thanksgiving with my Aunt Becky and Uncle David. And my Aunt Becky, what's really funny is I am like, I am the antithesis to everything that irks her. Like I, it, I love it, or I'm the embodiment of everything because yeah. it's like, like around her house, wherever be like, I'd accidentally leave like shoes and clothes out where, and it's like, so it's disorganized. I'd fall asleep on the couch. I drool on the couch. I would like, <laughs> and she hates ketchup, and I adore it. So <laughs> this Thanksgiving is gonna be rough for her. Uh, but she loves me regardless, and I and I love her so much too. But I every time it happens, like I'll I'll get the ketchup and I'll like like open the gr- the fridge door and just squirt it so she can't see it, and then yeah. I'll come down and sit and she'll look at you like, oh, because <laughs> it's not going just on the stuffing; it goes on my turkey too. Ketchup just oh, everywhere. No. Yeah, Joe, that that has that has to be the lack of smell oh. for sure. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have I don't have a Thanksgiving meal. I have ketchup and a little bit of turkey, <laughs> a little little bit of food with it. Oh my gosh, that is so hilarious! I can't wait to tell Dante because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's not a ketchup fan either. Oh no! What? Well, but 
he's from he's from oh Chicago, yeah that's right you as soon as you said yeah. that i'm like wait yeah that that was another thing too me moving down here and being like so can i get a hot dog with ketchup and mustard what was that <laughs> uh, can i get with ketchup please <laughs> hey this guy wants ketchup on his exactly. on his hot dogs beat him judgment yeah no you're not allowed here get out i said get out of this place (laughs) oh Oh. man poor joe (laughs) yeah yep it's i was i was i just was brought here to challenge everything that is chicago apparently (laughs) (laughs) that's all right chicago can handle it yeah but all right, everybody. Well, we this has been another lovely episode. Thank you for yeah. listening. We hope that if you are if you're doing any sort of traveling in this time, or that you do get to spend time with your family, that you are just surrounded by love in mm-hmm. all facets. And even if you're not around your family, that you get to call them, talk to them, and know that you are loved by them and your friends, and just have a happy holidays. You know, during these crazy times. But I will, agree. We will RVC you in about two weeks. So, two weeks. Yeah. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye.